Welcome to this week's episode of the Fun of the Run podcast. I'm your host, Michelle, also known as Waddell Running Lady. Thank you for joining me for another episode. I'm so excited that you're here. And we're just going to go ahead and get started. When I originally planned this episode, I wanted to do a kind of a deep dive sort of into what it's like volunteering at an aid station at an ultra event. And that was absolutely what uh, my plan was. And if you've been following me on Instagram, seeing my posts in the last couple of days, you will know that I actually ended up not only volunteering at the aid station, but participating in the event after my shift ended. Yeah. I know it's kind of a crazy story, so I'm going to tell you all about it. Uh, Jackrabbit Jubilee was the name of this event. And I actually signed up back the very, very beginning of May to volunteer at the aid station. Now, Jackrabbit Jubilee takes place at a pretty unique location. And I'm just going to tell you what that location is. So there is a place called Nardini Manor. And it's in Buckeye, Arizona. The cool thing about it is it's literally like a straight shot from my house. It's less than 20 minutes away, but I had never been there. I'd never seen it. I didn't even know it existed until I started running ultras and running trail races and, and saw that it was, you know, one of the options for races on the Aravipa running website. And so I looked into it a little bit and what I found out is that this home and this place is owned by an ultra runner and this ultra runner decided to make a fast flat course around his own house it's a five and a half acre property there is a maze there it's it's just it's a really beautiful location but this running path that was custom made by him it's kind of it says it's kind of crushed gravel but as I found out later, it to me, it felt more like dirt and looked like dirt, but it was it was really dark, so 100% sure. But this is a US ATF certified course, believe it or not, and every loop is a third of a mile. It's 500 meters. And the goal of this race is you just literally run in loops, as many loops as you can, in the amount of time that you signed up for. So this particular race had a six hour option and a 12 hour option. So your goal when you sign up for that is if you sign up for the 12 hour race, well, you're going to keep going in loops as long as you can. You know what I'm saying? You're going to get as many loops in as you can in that 12 hour period of time. So that's, that's the goal of this race. So I signed up to volunteer at the aid station and there is only one aid station. It's right on the course. And so you pass the aid station. If you're running this race, you pass the aid station three times each mile that you run (laughs) every third of a mile, you pass the aid station. And which is to me, it's kind of cool. I mean, you can, I guess it would hold you back if you stopped every single time, but it's actually really convenient because there's everything you need right there, you know? So my shift was from, let's see, 6 PM to midnight. And I left my house at about 5:30 and got there a couple of minutes early. And the funny thing about me is anytime I see 
a table with Aravipa merchandise for sale, I just gravitate towards it. And so I just go right over there. That's the very first thing I did. I hopped out of my car. I tried to see where to go. I saw a table and I saw a cash register and I saw Aaron McKnight. And I'm like, oh, cool stuff for sale. I went over there and I got a really cool shirt to protect me from the sun. It's red. It says Aravipa on the front. I got a Jackrabbit Jubilee visor and I got a red ice bandana that has these really pretty hearts all over it. And I just go right up and buy it all because my shift hadn't quite started yet. So then I went and found where I needed to go. Well, I put my put that stuff in my car, found where I needed to go. And I ended up meeting Hannah, who was the lead for the aid station. She works for Aravipa as well. And so Hannah got, you know, got me situated and kind of showed me around a little bit in there. Now, this particular aid station. So, okay, I have run several Aravipa events. And so I have been able to partake of their aid station offering several times. But I will tell you, I had no clue the amount of work that goes into feeding and hydrating all of those runners. <laughs> so this was a smaller event. This I, I heard someone told me maybe 150 runners total is what I heard. I, I don't know for sure, but that's what I heard. And it is, it is a small venue, so you can only have a limited amount of people. If you've ever run trail races and you've also run road races, you have to admit there is such a difference between a an aid station during a road race and an aid station during a trail race. And the trail races will always have more substantial food. So something that I've always seen every aid station is peanut butter and jelly, bean roll-ups, turkey and cheese roll-ups, chips, pretzels, uh, pickles, little round potatoes, just (laughs) things you just do not see at the aid stations during a road race. And so I was kind of excited to like, okay, let's see how this all gets put together. So this specific race had, because it was such a, it's, you know, that these loops are short and it can get kind of monotonous over time. And so I was told, well, see what we do is we kind of have food scheduled out over across the night, like, you know, at this time we'll put out potato soup. This time we'll put out pasta salad. At this time we'll put out pancakes. A couple hours later, you know, we'll do smoothies and then we'll do, um, I can't think right now what it was, quesadillas. And so it was, it was just like all different types of food. And so what I mostly did, um, well, I, I did a few different things, but what I mostly did was I chopped up you know, potatoes and, and, um, carrots and celery and different things for the soup. I chopped up veggies for the pasta salad. I boiled pasta. I cooked hot dogs. Um, I poured smoothies. I'm trying to think what I I did all kinds of stuff and it was, oh, I made bean roll-ups. I made turkey and cheese roll-ups. I did all kinds of things and it was so much fun. I enjoy that, that aspect of things. I work in the kitchen at church And so it was very familiar. Of course, it's a totally different setup. So if you are a runner at one of these events and you run past the aid station, or even let's say you stop and you take a look at what we have to offer you to eat, you'll see that first tent there. Well, at this event, there was a second tent behind that 
actual aid station tent. And the second tent behind the first one was for the preparation. And so that's where we cooked the pasta. So there were some um, actually really awesome big propane burners uh, cooktop set up. I think there were six burners and there were some sinks for washing dishes and all kinds of different supplies. And everything was that we needed was in this second tent and, you know, cutting boards and, and utensils and everything that we needed. And so we could prep everything back there. And then there were just buku coolers, you know, and tons of ice and all kinds of water jugs and just everything that we needed to keep things clean and sanitary and gloves. And, and it was just a very well oiled operation and it was a lot of fun. So at these kind of races, at these fixed time events, you know, you see the same people running all the time. I have not volunteered yet at an aid station. Um, let's say on maybe a 50 K course where you might see each runner a couple of times, but this, this event was unique and that I would look out and see, Oh, wow. Look, she's still dancing. You know, and you just look out and you see the same people go by over and over again. And it was just a really neat thing to see this side of a race. So I've talked about my friend, Mike McLean. I actually talked about him in the last episode. Well, I didn't know he was volunteering for this aid station shift as well. So it was pretty cool. So we took a selfie together and, and, um, Mike's, what he did was he would take care of the runner's hydration needs. So he was running for ice and refilling water jugs. And then the runners would walk by and hand him their handheld and say, half Coke, half ice, or no, half Coke, half water, and a little bit of ice. And he'd be like, okay, I'll have it ready for you on your next loop. And different people would come by and hand him their, hey, this, this, you know, half gnarly hydrate and half water or whatever. And then he would, you know, have their their water ready for them, their hydration ready for them on their next loop and hand it to them. They'd be like, thanks, man, you know. And it was just such a well-oiled machine. And, you know, some people just wanted ice. Some people wanted just water. Some people wanted soda. Some people wanted pickle juice. And, and so I would watch, you know, him interact with the runners. We had another lady that was volunteering, Teresa, and she was the, the other side of it. She would be, you know, what sounds good. And, and they would run up, you know, people would run up and she would tell them what we had. And, and then the, most of the rest of us, I would say there was total on the shift that I did trying to think how many, one, two, three, four, I think there were six of us at any given time at that aid station. So some of us prepping or cooking, whatever, some running, some doing dishes, some, some refilling the water, some just, you know, making sure, making sure we were on schedule with the foods that we were going to offer. And it was just a blast. I enjoyed it so much. So I'm going to back up a little bit. When I first got to the venue and I was pulling up, I looked around and I'm like, how have I never seen this place before? I live right here. You know, how have I, how have I never seen this? And I was like, man, I had such a case of what everyone's calling FOMO, I guess. Now I was like, why didn't I sign up for this? Like, this looks so cool. So I pull in and it's, like I said, it's a very small venue. So it's like room for one car at a time to pull in and you park and get out. And 
I looked and, and I couldn't quite see like the course from, from the parking area, but I went and I kind of looked around and I was like, oh, this looks kind of fun. Like I could see hedges. I know there's a maze on property and I could see the hedges and I could see, it just looked like a really pretty, um, home and just looked like a really good time. And so I said as much to Hannah, who was the aid station lead. And she's like, well, Michelle, you get off at midnight. You could totally run at 1am. That's when the second round of, of, um, you know, the six hour timed event starts at 1am. And I'm like, Oh, and so I, I, I was like, I could, I looked down at myself and I was, I almost wore like my running skirt, but I, I was like, nah, everybody always sees me in that. You know, they're probably so sick of seeing my, my signature black running skirt with a white stripe down the side. I wear it all the time. I have six of them or five of them now. And, but so I'm not wearing the same one every time you see me, just so you all know. I was like, I'll wear something different. So I wore a jean skirt and I looked down and I'm like, um, I would be running it in a jean skirt. And she's like, yeah, or, you know, whatever. But I'm like, but I do have running shoes on. And I did, but these are running shoes that I don't actually run in anymore because they, they bother my feet. And, you know, sometimes you try things and they work for a while and you thought they were the best. And I ran Chicago marathon in, in this style of shoe, but I have no idea how I did that because now I am just so sold on my topos. But anyways, I was wearing a different brand of shoe and I was like, well, I guess I could, you know? So we got some stuff set up for the aid station and the rest of the crew didn't come in till seven and the race didn't start till seven. So I had a little bit of downtime. And so I said, well, do you, would you mind if I go out real quick and just kind of take a peek at the course? And she's like, walk the course. It's a third of a mile. Go out there and walk the course and just see what you think. I'm like, okay, good deal. So as I'm going out to start doing that, I met up with Kelly and she is another desert to peak athlete with my coach, Kylie. And she's like, Hey, you know, and so we, we had never seen each other in person yet. So we were able to give each other a big hug and kind of just like, Hey, you know, and can't believe we're actually getting to meet and whatever chatting. Right. And I'm like, well, Hey, I'm going to walk this course. She's like, let's walk. So we're talking about all kinds of stuff and we're walking this course and I'm just like, oh, this looks so cool. And I'm like, I could run this at one. And she's like, yeah, you should. And she was going to be out there for 12 hours. And, and she's like, yeah, you totally should. So we're probably about halfway around a loop when we meet up with Angie. And she's another woman that I follow on Instagram, Fit Mom in the Desert. And she lives close to me and yet we've never seen each other in person yet. So we're like, oh yeah, you know, and giving each other a big hug and, and visiting and, and then Kelly's like, Hey, we should peer pressure her into this. And you know, it's just, it was a lot of fun. And so I'm like, well, I'm, it's probably going to work. This looks a lot of fun. We got selfies and we got pictures and all this stuff. Right. Well, by the time I got back to the start line, I was like, okay. And so I told Hannah, I said, okay, I'm going to go get my purse real quick. Let me go sign up. She's like, really? I'm like, yeah. Okay, cool. So I went and registered and got my bib one, two, three. And I just, yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to do this thing. I, apparently without any forethought whatsoever. And 
I had just run that morning four miles. I raced August 19th at Vertigo 20K. And so last week's episode of this podcast was my recap from that. And I had kind of a tough race. So last week was all spent. A lot of it was recovery stuff. Um, But I also got sick last week. And so I was sick most of the week until about started feeling way better Thursday morning. And so I was not really (laughs) probably in the best like place to do another race. And Saturday morning's run was rough. I went to the trails for four miles, only made it to two and had to hop in my car and go back to a shady place to finish the last two miles. So I'd had a tough run Saturday morning. And then I'm like, oh, I'm going to run tonight too. So for 12 hours, no, for six hours, whatever. Okay. My brain's a crazy place. So my shift happens and um, I was able to just kind of see how everything works behind the scenes and visit with people. I got to visit with, let's see, Kim and Elliot, which if you do Era Viper races, a lot of you probably know who exactly who I'm talking about. They were super fun to talk to. They just, they kept me entertained and they were great. They're great people and so many others. And it was just a lot of fun visiting with everybody in between, you know, there'd be some busy parts and then some lulls and, and it was just really fun. We would just talk about random stuff, right? Well, then it hits midnight and well, actually, let me go back a little bit. Let me tell you a little bit more what we did. So, um, whatever the time was for smoothies, I poured out the smoothies and then me and Kim, Kim and I, we stood, we had these cups, little cups of smoothies, and we would stand on either side of the course and say, smoothie, smoothie, anybody want a smoothie? And we got rid of those things in like less than two minutes because it was such a hot, humid night. And everybody just like, yeah, slurped those things down. When we did that a little bit later with pasta salad, we got maybe three takers. So (laughs) who knows, you know, but um, at one point we heard a funny noise and I, and I was like, wait, is that rain? And it started raining and it was cool because, well, we don't see rain very often out here. There was no rain in the forecast and yet it rained. And so it was so weird and it didn't last very long, but that was another really cool thing while I was still on my volunteer shift. Okay. So midnight hits and, oh, and I also got these really cool fluffy blue blinky ears uh, that all the girls in the aid station wore. And so I was like, well, this will be my light, I guess, for the course, since I don't have a headlamp and I don't have anything, you know, and, um, but I was assured I wouldn't really need anything because the course was well lit. So midnight comes around, they basically kicked me out and said, okay, go get ready for your race. There wasn't really anything I could do to get ready for my race because I didn't have anything. I didn't bring, all I brought was me, myself and I basically. I had my Lululemon sling purse bag thingy and I had the race sweatpants that I got for a race goodie and I had a reusable dark green Starbucks cup, cold cup. And that's what I had. Oh, and my blinky bunny ears. So I went to my car and I just got in and sat down and I'm like, well, not much to do until my race starts at 1 a.m. So I guess I'll scroll Instagram. So I scrolled Instagram and I just kind of thought of my mind, what do I need to do to get ready? Go to the bathroom, 
fill my cup with with um gnarly hydrate or something with some electrolytes and yeah that's pretty much all i can do i had no headphones i had no anything and it was just it was so weird and it was really hot and it was really humid and it was just like i don't know it was dark it was the middle of the night and you know people are all around me another thing about this course so and I didn't, I saw this when I walked around scoping the course out, but it wasn't, everything wasn't set up quite yet. But at this course, there are sections, I would say there's two different distinctive sections where you can set up tables and in, in some parts of the course back up to the parking area. So you can back in to a parking spot, open your trunk or your tailgate or whatever, and you could literally tailgate during this race so you can be passing your car and decide oh hey i need to sit down for a minute and you can just sit down on on the you know bed of your truck or you can climb in your car and take a nap or you can you know you can have all of your hydration and, and food and fuel or whatever you need you can have shoes in your car that you decide hey these ones don't work i'm gonna wear a different pair i want to change clothes whatever and you have everything there at your fingertips because you're allowed this course you're allowed to do that just set up your own little aid station yourself so it's pretty cool and then there was so there was that section with vehicles there was another section where there were no vehicles but it was just people would bring tents and tables and i saw one lady literally sleeping on the ground in the dirt uh, and then there, just a lot of people sitting in chairs, reading books, waiting for their runners. Some of them were waiting for their runners. Some of them were literally taking a break from these loops. And then they were going to hop back in after they had a break. It was it was quite the interesting situation. I mean, I'm, it was like nothing I've ever seen in my life. So I get out of the car uh, probably 15 minutes until 1 a.m. And I pop my drink somewhere safe in the aid station or something. And I go to the J John's and make sure I'm all situated and I pin my bib on and, you know, everyone in the aid station is like, yeah, good luck, Michelle. And, you know, <laughs> have, have fun. And I'm like, okay, here goes nothing. And another funny note before I tell you about the race itself is that earlier in the night, someone had leaned over, you know, in the aid station, I won't say who, and said, you couldn't pay me to run this thing, you know, in all these loops over and over and over again. You just couldn't even pay me to do it. And I said, well, guess what I just signed up for? And they're like, you're kidding. And I'm like, no, I'm going to do it. And so anyhow, so I have my bib on and, and I was able to meet the race director and it was so much, she was so nice and so kind. And she's like, Michelle, you got your bib. I'm like, I got it. She's like, okay. So a couple things about this race. So like I said, there was a 12-hour option and a six-hour option. Every three hours, everybody on the course, whatever distance you're signed up for, you have to change directions. So you want you run clockwise for three hours, and then you run counterclockwise for three hours. And then if you're doing the 12-hour option, you'll run clockwise again. You know, so it switches every three hours the direction that you run, which I think is a pretty cool idea. So the start of the the second wave of the six hour timed event was at 1 a.m. 
So the people that had signed up for, you have the option for the six hour event, you could sign up to run from 7 p.m. to 1 a.m. or you could sign up to run from 1 a.m. to 7. Most of the six hour people signed up for 7 p.m. to 1 a.m. And I think when I first got there um, Saturday night, there were eight people that were gonna start their six hour timed event at 1 a.m. By the time I signed up, and there must have been other people that also signed up on race day, I would say there was more like 12 or 13 of us that actually did the six-hour timed event starting at 1 a.m. And so, of course, when we're getting ready to start, the people that are already out on the course, they're not going to stop. You know what I mean? They're still running. They're on the clock. You know, they're counting loops. So where we were just told, okay, come out here, but, you know, kind of stand in front of me, face me. This was the race director talking and everybody just kind of stayed to one side and I've got some announcements to make. So we all lined up single file on one side of the, of the course. And basically she explained that you are allowed to leave the course at any time without consequence. Like you can just decide to step off the course, walk over to your car, get some stuff out, clean your car out, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Just whatever you want. The only catch is you have to re-enter the course at that exact spot that you left from, and you have to continue that loop that you were on in the same direction that you were running when you stepped off. So even if you did this um, and you were cleaning out your car, taking a nap or whatever you were doing when you stepped off the course, when you come back and re-enter the course, if everyone else is running in the opposite direction, you are not allowed to enter the course and start running the same direction as them. You need to finish your loop in the direction that you were running when you left the course, and then you're allowed to turn around and start running the same direction as the other runners. That way you get credit for every single loop that you're running. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And the other thing that she mentioned is in a, in a fixed timed event, there are no DNFs. So if you sign up for 12 hours and you decide after four that I'm done, you tell the race director or another race official and you say, I'm done. I'm, you know, I'm done with the race. She's, she just writes it down and hands you your medal and you're good. And you've got your finish time, you know, and you've got, you've got your miles. And there's no consequence for doing that. That's just the kind of event this is. So all of those things combined, honestly, made me go into this race feeling very confident, very comfortable, very reassured, and very unstressed because I knew that I really had no business doing this. (laughs) I knew that I raced last weekend and I knew that I had just been sick and I knew, and I knew that, um, I was wearing a jean skirt and had a Starbucks cup to run with and that I was wearing the wrong shoes and I was also wearing the wrong shorts. I mean, I wear shorts under my skirt every time, all the time anyways, but I wear certain ones that work better for running. And you know, when I know I'm running, well, I didn't know I was running, so I was not wearing the best option that night. But I was like, whatever, whatever, we're just going to do what we can do. I did go into the race with the mindset that I wanted to stay till 7am though. My goal when I started out 
was to stay till 7 a.m. So I will say that. So there was a countdown, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and you're off. And, you know, I think people were clapping and ringing cowbells, whatever. And we start off on our, on our first loop, right? And I'm like, how stupid do I look? That's what's going through my mind. How dumb do I look? And the first little bit didn't bother me because there was like no people um, sitting on the sides. But then we, we approach the section of the course where there's people sitting like on the back of their vehicles and stuff. And I'm like, um, they probably are like, what in the world? So we, we go a little farther. We pass the maze section. We pass just some other places on the course. And then we get to another section that's just like lined with people sitting in chairs and stuff. And I'm running past them in a long jean skirt. And I, I just, I just wonder, I probably don't want to know, but I just wonder, they're probably like, what is this woman doing? Right. So, but I'm like, you know what? Nobody seems to care. Like when I told people I was doing this, like the people in the aid station and stuff, they're just like, are you serious? And it wasn't a bad, in a bad way. I mean, I think they probably thought I was a little bit crazy, but not in a bad way, like in a good way, crazy, if that makes sense. And so I was like, you know what? There's I mean, trail runners are an interesting bunch and ultra runners are even maybe a step above that interestingness level of interesting. I mean, you see all kinds of stuff, you know? And so I was like, well, I mean, maybe this isn't so weird after all. So after the first probably three loops that I ran, so maybe the first mile, I'm like, why bother trying to run anymore? I already ran today. I'm tired. I just got done at the aid station. I'm walking and I'm walking until I'm done walking. And so I just like, I don't even care anymore. Cause I'm like, well, I could run past the aid station. So all my friends in there think, look at how strong she is. Yeah. And I'm like, they're, they're not going to buy it. I mean, give me a break. And plus, why would I do that? That's stupid. So I just walked. And, but I walked fast. I, I think I have a pretty good walking pace. And so I walked good. I had a good, strong walk going. I wasn't just leisurely, lo- you know, lollygagging around the, the loops. But I finally was like, I don't care anymore. I'm just going to walk. So I would get thirsty. So there, ha- there is a convenient table off to the side where people had their handheld water bottles sitting. Well, guess what else was sitting on that table with all the handheld water bottles? You guessed it. My big Starbucks reusable tumbler <laughs> was sitting there and I would grab it like as I walked by and I would like maybe take a sip and then set it back down. And then by the time I got to another couple of loops, I'm like, this is rubbish. Like I'm just carrying it with me. <laughs> so I would fill up my Starbucks tumbler with ice and with a uh, gnarly hydrate or with whatever and then I would just carry it with me. I would sip it as I was walking along or, you know, and it, it was just so ridiculous if you think about it. Like what other race would you see a lady in a jean skirt drinking out of a Starbucks mug? Not mug, but tumbler. It was so ridiculous, but it was it was very awesome. I assure you that it was amazing, okay? <laughs> Let me just tell you. Okay, anyways, over time, not gonna lie, 
probably an hour and maybe an hour and a half in or something. I was like, well, huh? I don't, I don't know. This is, I'm not, I'm not sure (laughs) how long I want to do this. And, you know, you start passing the same people over and again, and they see you and, and, but I will say, um, I was able to walk with Angie and we talked and we chatted a little bit about this and that and, um, why I was backing out of, um, Master of Shenanigans at Havelina and, and she told me a little bit about, you know, different things she was doing. I told her about stuff and, and then I said, you know what? you can just tell me to stop blathering anytime and just go ahead and leave me in the dust. And why don't you go ahead and do your thing? Cause I'm, I'm hindering you. And so she went off and did her thing. And actually at one point she ended up taking a nap. Uh, she wasn't feeling very good. And so she, her car was backed up right to the course. So she's like, Michelle, there's my chair right over there. If you want to take a break, you can, that's the chair to sit. And I'm like, okay. Um, but anyhow, I would, I would, when I was walking by, I would see her from time to time. She changed clothes, um, she took a nap and she was like, I'm feeling better now. And so I saw her back out on the course running again. It was awesome. And I had so many people, this is, this just goes to show, okay, how I've to- told so many people. And I've said this so many times about the trail running community. And this just goes to show how supportive these people are. Okay. If you didn't believe me before, maybe you'll believe me now. I'm in a jean skirt carrying a Starbucks cup and I have people running by me, patting my shoulder saying, man, you are like, that is awesome. And I'm like, thank you. And, and (laughs) some of these people, you guys, they're like these dudes that are like, they're so fit and they're like running and I don't ever see them walking any of these loops. They're running the whole entire time. And they're like, man, um, that is a, what what is it? A flex or man, what a flex. I can't think of what, what this guy said that you're doing this in a, in a jean skirt. And I'm like, well, okay. To be fair, I, I don't run in a jean skirt. Like I, I just got done volunteering at the aid station. I just jumped in. That's awesome. Man, I'm impressed. And and then, you know, he, this particular man made comments multiple times and I was able to tell him another time, like, well, I usually run in a actual running skirt. I don't even know there was such a thing. And I'm like, well, there is, um, but I don't usually run like this, you know, and it was hilarious. And then, uh, let's see another time on a different loop, a man passed me and he's like, love your podcast. And I said, thank you. And that particular encouragement came when I was like probably a little over two hours in thinking, yeah, I don't think 7 a.m. is happening. So at this point, it's probably like three something a.m., right? And I'm still walking along and I'm, I kept a good pace this, this whole time. I think I I finished like at an 18 something pace and I, maybe that's not fast for all you guys. Yes, I can walk faster, but consider this. I was wearing shoes that were just killing my feet by this time. My feet were hurting and I was like, 
I don't know how many more loops I can do at this. They were not, I was not dying or anything and it wasn't excruciating, but it's like, why do I want to do this to myself and get blisters and just be miserable forever and the rest of my life, right? But when he's like, love your podcast, I was like, wow, he knows who I am. Okay, okay, I can do this for a little while longer. So then I just kept looping around. And, you know, different ones would say stuff as they passed. And at the aid station, I would stop and get stuff. And, and um, you know, Hannah would say, how you doing, Michelle? And I'd give her a thumbs up. And or Mike would say, Hi, how are you doing? And I would tell him, oh, I'm good or whatever. Well, at some point in, in this time frame, I decided that I could get to, if I could keep the same pace that I was now, at 4 a.m., I would hit 10 miles. And at 7 a.m., I would hit 20 miles. And I'm like, how cool would that be to just run 20 miles, well, walk 20 miles in the middle of the night for no other reason except that I can, how cool would that be? Like, that'd be awesome, right? Well, I didn't think it was such an awesome idea at about 345. I was like, 10 miles, 10 miles is good. I'll be happy with 10 because I was just like, I was done. I, you know, I enjoyed it and I I like the course in the sense that I feel like if I would have been wearing the right shoes, I would have been much more comfortable. And obviously, if I wasn't wearing a jean skirt, I would have been much more comfortable. And if I would have had a handheld or something and not been carrying around this like, what, nine or 10 inch tall, um, big old Starbucks tumbler, I would have been much more comfortable. And I could have made it till seven. I could have, okay? I know I could have. And I could have gotten those 20 miles in. But I was like, I mean, I already was here. Like, look, I already volunteered. I'm already, I'm going to hit 10 miles, you know. So I said this to somebody. It was to the young guy that kept running by and saying I was awesome. And I told him, you know what? I'm, I decided I'm, I'm, I'm going to be done at 10. And he's like, 10 miles? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, awesome. And how close are you? you know, at that. So I must have told, I must have decided this earlier on. I did. I decided this around six, almost seven miles. Um, okay, so that's right. And so I told him, oh, you know, 6.88 or whatever. And he's like, okay, cool. And so then every few laps, he would come back and check on me and see, you know, how close I was to 10. And the last one, he's like, you've got to be at 10 now. And I'm like, 9.92 or so. Like, he's like, awesome. And so as soon as I hit 10, this is the funny thing. I ended up hitting 10 miles just after four. So it was a few minutes after four, which means that when the race director picked up the microphone and got back out on the course and said, okay, it's 4 a.m. Everyone changed direction. I wasn't quite at 10 miles. I was like at 9.91 or something like that. So I had to cross the timing mat, walk around the cone, recross the timing mat and start heading the opposite direction until I hit 10 miles. And oh, I was drinking a smoothie too by this time. So I'm drinking my smoothie and I'm heading the opposite direction and I hit 10 miles and I'm like, I'm already like a third around a third of a mile loop. Why not see what it's like to do this loop, you know, in its entirety and then I'll quit. And so I just finished the loop and then I told the race director, okay, hit 10 miles, I'm good. 
And, and so she's like, okay, cool. You know, and I'm like, I, these are all bonus miles. And she's like, yeah, that's, that's awesome. It's only been three hours. I'm like, I know. And, and so I got my medal and I got some, um, another race goodie and then ended up taking some pictures and, and heading home. And it was just, and I told some of the other people, they said, okay, guys, I'm leaving, you know, and, and no regrets, like no regrets at all. Honestly, it was, it was such a cool experience and it was very impulsive. It was very spontaneous. Maybe it was stupid. I don't know, but I really loved it. And the only thing I didn't love is like I said, wearing the wrong shoes made it kind of hard to walk all day yesterday at church. I had to fake it like till I made it. And I don't know if I ever made it, but I had to go up and down the stairs to lead the singing and up and down the stairs to sing in the choir and and do various things. And I had to like try to pick what shoes are like comfy, but you know, good enough for church shoes. <laughs> and I was just like, Oh my word, you know? And I ended up getting home at, let's see, I left the venue at probably about a quarter to five. I, no, maybe a little sooner than that. But anyways, I ended up getting home around five in the morning and my alarm was set to get up for church at 725. I got to bed, I think a little after five because I had to take a shower and it was just, I was gross and smelled terrible from <laughs> just being so sweaty and gross. Took a shower, hopped in bed for less than two hours because at 7 a.m. I woke up having to go to the bathroom so bad that I was going to die. And so then it's just, you might as well get up, right? Instead of sleeping for 20 more minutes. So I was up and went to church, came home and took a nap after church for two hours and then went back to church and went to bed after church, woke up today and here I am. So yeah, TMI, I guess, but that's how it works on here. So no regrets. It was a fun experience. I'm glad that I saw what Nardini Manor is all about. I'm glad I saw what a fixed time event is about. Era Viper running has usually typically has multiple events at this location throughout the year. They have the hot foot hamster. They have the jackrabbit jubilee. Most years they have something called the fat ox, which that will not be happening at, at Nardini Manor this year due to a scheduling conflict. But it's cool to see that there are that these kind of events exist. I think it's a good place to, you know, if you were not confident enough to go out and maybe run your first ultra on a trail, some, you know what I mean? This this could be a good option for somebody wanting to like get that distance in for the first time and maybe get some confidence and, you know, be very supported because I will tell you that even though, like I said, I had zero intentions of running when I came, it worked out totally fine because I had that, the option of that aid station. I didn't need to bring fueling with me. I didn't need to bring hydration with me, honestly, because they had everything I needed at that aid station. So it worked out perfect for my particular situation. And I think it was great. So that is my story about how my volunteer shift turned into a six hour timed event race, except I cut it to three hours and ended up getting 10 bonus miles in, in the middle of a random Saturday night. So that's the story and I'm sticking to it. So I hope you enjoyed hearing this 
race recap, this aid station behind the scenes kind of situation. If you have any questions, go ahead and reach out to me at funoftherunpodcast at gmail.com or direct message me on Instagram. I'm always happy to answer your questions. I'm sure I left something out. I feel kind of brainless at the moment and I'm sure I forgot something that I wanted to share. Huge shout out to everybody that I was able to meet that night. Mike McLean. I was able to meet Elliot and Kim. Um, Let's see. Hannah was amazing to work with. The race director, Katie, was awesome. I was able to meet Kelly, who is a fellow athlete with Desert to Peak Coaching, and it was so fun to meet her. I was able to meet Angie and some of the True Tribe ladies that... Uh, work with True Coach Lisa. I was able to meet Melissa and I was able to meet Barbara and I was able to meet Lindsay and got pics with a few of them. And it was just a really fun night getting to see people that um, maybe I haven't ever met in person, but that I've talked to through, you know, messages or whatever. Thank you to each and every one of you for listening to today's episode. I hope there's something in here that at least was kind of fun to listen to, or maybe you learned something. Uh, If not, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for wasting your time. And I hope that you'll give me another chance and come back next time. Now go out there and have fun on your run.